welcome to Moving Out of Trauma, a podcast made to support trauma survivors with actionable steps and resources so they can start moving out of trauma and into the life that they're craving. I'm the host, Candice Liedergerber, EMDR therapist, yoga teacher, first-time mom, and dog enthusiast. I am here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I am so excited about today's episode. But before we dive into today's episode of Moving Out of Trauma, I want to give you a few reminders. The first is that if you want to start practicing more mindfulness and incorporate more grounding skills in your daily life, but you've had some trouble getting started because of past trauma, I want to offer you a free trauma-informed beginner's guide to mindfulness workbook. I created this workbook with trauma in mind. You can get this free workbook as well as monthly updates about new content by heading over to soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. You can sign up for our newsletter there and you will get this free workbook directly to your inbox that you can download as many times as you like and get updates when I update it as well. Again, that link is soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. And a second reminder I want to give is at the end of this recording and the end of every episode for that matter, we will be giving you two resources that we often use in EMDR therapy, which are the container exercise as well as the state change place. So these exercises are visualization exercises that can help you transition from maybe a state of thinking about past trauma, awareness, learning something new into a more calm, more centered way of being so you can go on throughout your day. I hope these resources help and I would love to know your thoughts. All right, let's dive into today's episode. All right, so today on Moving Out of Trauma, we have Keely Mehta, who is a sacred ceremony facilitator, a certified clinical hypnotherapist, a mind-body wellness teacher, a yoga instructor, a meditation teacher, and mentor based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Keely offers her clients the guidance and environment to explore the subconscious mind safely while developing the tools that are unique to their own growth journey. Uh, you can find Keely at KeelyMeta.com, Instagram at KeelyMetaXO, and hosting the Meta Perch podcast on all podcasting platforms. And I am so excited to be able to talk to Keely today. Uh, Keely is a friend that I've had the great pleasure of getting to know over the past couple of months through our yoga studio. And I'm just so excited to dive into this conversation with her. So, yeah. hello. Hi. Hi. Mm. Super excited to be here. Thank you, Candace. Yes, you're so welcome. I'm so happy that you're able to come on and, and talk about some self-acceptance pieces and just all the all the different things that make you um, passionate as a provider, as a helper, um, because you have such a, a beautiful, wonderful soul. So I'm so excited to share that with others. Well, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. <laughs> thank you. All right. So for this first portion of the show, um, it's, you know, getting to know you as a provider. Um, 
and I will say this in every episode until I figure out who said it, um, but there is a quote that I heard, um, well, actually that I read that said, um, knowing a person is like music. What attracts us to them is their melody. And as we get to know them, we learn their lyrics. And I just really love that because I think that it kind of highlights the complexities of who we are as people um, and who we are as providers. And I, I think that kind of just... I don't know, there's some beautiful symmetry there. So based off that wonderful quote, um, I have a couple of questions for you to start, if that sounds like a good place to jump off. Let's play. Cool. So um, to start, why are you so passionate about this work? Honestly, (laughs) um, all of us have our conscious minds that we think that we operate kind of every function and facet of our lives with, but really we have 90% of what operates us under the surface. And my passion comes from, I would say a scientific method of my own experiences. Um, Unraveling and unveiling pieces of myself, um, strengths in myself, confidence when I never felt like I could have had confidence in particular areas shows me that this work is sincere. It is real. And I just can't imagine living life without it. So as a provider, I couldn't imagine my clients or people that I see not having access to the tool that is their subconscious mind. So that's what literally gets me up every single day is to help someone access a different part of them, integrate a different part of them. It just is so, um, it is such a magnificent tool that is not unique to me or it's not unique to you. It's just something that us as humans have the ability to do. And yeah. I just, I, it just makes me so excited. Hmm. Yeah, I what you just said there of like um, us as humans, like everyone has this ability to like tap into it, um, and it just made me think of like how how much of our I'm sure we'll get to this, but how much of our brain um, and our our own wisdom and and just ourselves that we don't regularly tap into. Um, for a lot of reasons, I'm sure. But, you know, for me, at least the first thing that comes up is like the busyness of our culture and our lives and like taking dedicated time and like very um, purposeful time to like connect to ourselves on that deeper level. Yeah. We, um, the race of how we kind of exist every day, I'm, it's going to sound like a cliche and I'm going to reverberate everything that we see on all of these like cliche Instagram posts, but we are kind of the way that we operate in the current society is counterintuitive to our healing processes Mm. of our body. So it's Mm -hmm. literally like uh, what our body requires is rest, relaxation. It requires the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. and being inundated constantly and being a consumer constantly and being um, having to go into the next uh, you know, okay, well, you have a certain amount of grieving period, yeah. or you have a certain amount of time that you can take care of your kid, and then on to the next thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's counterproductive to integrating 
um, which is a huge part of, I'm sure you talk about on your podcast yeah. with PTSD is a huge part of accepting ourselves. It's a huge part of making decisions. And also, like I said, yeah. it comes back to like, how are we supposed to heal? Well, <laughs> society doesn't really help for that. And if it does, yeah. it's uh, like, it's like a commodity or it's, it's an mm -hmm. interesting thing, you know? So it's, yeah. it's sexy no matter what, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how does your personality show up in the room with the people that you work with? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is probably my, <laughs> this is my favorite part. Um, my personality comes through in, in everything that I do. And I don't think there isn't a particular place or space that it doesn't because, um, if I'm to teach people to walk, um, mm, in their yeah. own uniqueness, there is no way that I'm going to show up less than that. So I joke, I play, I make fun of myself. I'm honest about um, where I'm at with certain things without divulging a little too much information. Um, I share the pieces of myself that I think um, will allow for a little bit of self-acceptance in my client's eyes, right? Like maybe they're struggling with something and I can share like, hey, there's been a journey that's been a one one of my major lessons or that's been something you know we just went through yeah. that and this is a tool that helped me move through it like um i personally have a very hard time <laughs> with the kind of guru mentality uh of the world right now especially in the mind body wellness field that separates a practitioner i mean to a certain extent, of course, we have to mm -hmm. separate things to a certain extent, um, but separates the humanity of a practitioner with mm -hmm. their clients. Mm -hmm. Kind of like puts them into a box, like a way, mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, I'm all for, I'm all, you yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk about boxes surprisingly a lot so far on this show. Um, I always knew that it was a passion of mine, but um it has come out a lot <laughs> as to, um, you know, I don't, I don't enjoy us um, putting anyone into boxes, but, um, you know, at least in my own training, like as a therapist, it was like, you know, this is the way you sit. This is the way you speak. This is what you do. Um, so maybe not necessarily like a pedestal, but just very like, this is your therapist box. Like, this is what you are as a therapist. And to break out of that and kind of figure like how how do I become myself, right? While, you know, sitting with this client who's being extremely vulnerable with me um, and still have some of that, um, like you shared that, those pieces of self-disclosure or whatever um, the case looks like to have, um, have that space too. Yeah, I think it's okay for us to be able to relate on a human level um, because that allows them to yeah. know that they are also multifaceted and they can be themselves while also being professional. They can be themselves while also setting boundaries of mother-in-law, you know, yes. those types of things. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Uh, what is the top thing you wish everyone knew about the world of work that you do? If you want to approach this as a hypnotherapist or mind body wellness, or I don't know, any of the, any and all of the things. The major thing that I think we all have to understand 
is, well, maybe it's a, a couple pronged thing here, but first we're not islands. We are humans that need to be involved in the lives of other humans. Again, society, <laughs> the society in the West specifically is very centered around uh, the individual, which there's nothing wrong with, like be a boss, boss girl, you know, be that person. You can curse, it's okay. Okay, be a boss <laughs> um, Be, you know, be strong and, and um, take action on your passions. However, we heal through community. Mm. So a lot of us don't yeah. come from communities or families or practices or backgrounds or whatever, where the others or we are encouraged to heal with one another, be seen by one another. And we can do all the work in the world and not have perspective enough mm. to actually implement what it is that we're doing. Um, and sometimes just being seen or seeing someone else and accepting them can be such a monumental part of your healing journey. Mm -hmm. And so while you're doing all of this therapy and all of this work, if you don't have a community that you feel safe enough with, your body to the core, like next to yeah. your home and shelter, isn't going to mm -hmm. feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. This actually uh, is a theme that came up in one of the previous episodes um, about writing circles for trauma survivors and um, just the, the very act of being able to verbally share, you know, I mean, I know this in, in individual therapy, but this is uh, on a larger scale, but to share your story and to feel seen and feel heard and feel acknowledged in a way that, you know, typically by and large when trauma survivors share their story, um, they're shamed in a lot of ways by our society. And so um, when we're able to be in a community that feels safe, when we're able to have our story be heard and be seen um, and feel good about it and feel safe, it's monumental for the healing process. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So as we are opening up this wonderful conversation and um, kind of diving into this, I I'm curious what you feel drawn to in this next piece and like where you want to, I mean, because we kind of hit on the community piece and, um, you know, we're talking about healing. And, and so I'm wondering where, where you feel like we, we want to go next with this conversation. I want to talk about the subconscious mind. Let's do it. I... Mm -hmm. I find so much benefit. Obviously, we we we, we scratch the surface, surface, which is a beautiful metaphor mm. for the subconscious mind um, and how accessible it is. Because it is, it truly is. Mm -hmm. um, all of us have ten percent of our um, our logical thinking, um, robotic actions, whatever um, existing, kind of like on the surface of who we are. And then um, what happens is what's really running the show, the little like minions inside are all of your actual belief systems, mm. <laughs> all of, um, you know, even like cultural, uh, racial, uh, geographical, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, location-based influences, mm -hmm. um, 
uh, trauma-based influences even yeah. that are actually running how we see ourselves, uh, how we believe in ourselves, um, mm -hmm. all of the functioning that's way, way deeper down when you start mm -hmm. uncovering these pieces of yourself, you start to realize, oh, wait, maybe I don't feel lovable. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I self-sabotage because I, I don't want to see success. Maybe I grew up in poverty and um, even though I have plenty of abundance financially, I still feel worried that it's all going to go away. Mm -hmm. All of those pieces of ourselves are the 90% of mm -hmm. how we respond and how we react and, and what's really driving our decisions, which is mm -hmm. part of the reason why logical thinking is kind of silly because there's just so much more driving mm -hmm. the machine, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of that iceberg metaphor of like so much of what is there is beneath the surface that you can't see. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't stop it from being there, right? That it still exists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as I personally, as I started doing a lot of I was like, I think I was isolated when I was younger, maybe like 1920. Mm -hmm. I kind of like removed myself from the friends that I had had. I moved away. Um, and I started doing a lot of like introspective work and doing like all these um, books on like how to access your intuition and um, doing like these kind of like guided meditations and things of that, that nature, kind of just to sense what the subconscious mind felt like mm -hmm. and I put myself like I said through kind of like a scientific method type of situation where I would kind of um see what was actually like made sense for me or if it was mm -hmm. just like fleeting passing thoughts or whatever and as I kind of began to refine my experiences I found that there was so much healing from my own trauma from my own experiences um, within even me practicing mindfulness techniques by myself, you know, we see like this whole world of like, you know, retreat centers that cost thousands and thousands of dollars and therapists that may be inaccessible to other people and, um, all of these things that have pretty hefty price tags on them for some people. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that the tools are also very accessible within us. Mm, um, yeah. You know, I am one, obviously, to facilitate a safe space. But if we can pace ourselves and we can just listen to the voice that's inside mm -hmm. of us and just sit present, a lot of that information is revealed to us in a safe way because we're not mm -hmm. pushing ourselves or we're not setting uh, unrealistic expectations for healing and then moving forward in, in the course of an hour, you know, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're the ones that you're the one that is setting the limit. You're the one that's um, deciding, okay, this is, this is my goal. Oh, wait, that was too much. Like, let me dial back you, you, you know, what's going on in your own mind to be able to, to navigate it a little bit easier. There's not another person to, to kind of further uh, complicate the process for lack of better words. <laughs> and yes, and um, a lot of us need to feel comfortable in something before we trust someone mm. else, especially if we, if we have sure. issues with, with trust or issues, you know, handing over a little bit of the reins. Um, mm -hmm. 
And so going into going to see like a practitioner or like you or like myself is really beneficial because we can get you to we can assist you to get deeper yeah. to really feel like giving you a kind of holistic experience mm-hmm. while diving deeper. But if you can have the fundamental ins mm-hmm. like the understanding of the ins and outs of how you yeah. function, mm-hmm. I mean you're gonna get there. Yeah, so much, so faster. much faster and so much with so much less distrust and resistance because mm-hmm. you can trust yeah. yourself. You're like, oh, okay, I know when my body is telling yeah. me no. I know when my body yeah. is is uh, showing up and and you know I have some resistance. Okay, well I know a little yeah. bit of like breathing helps me a little bit, or visualizing mm-hmm. my safe space helps me helps me a little bit. Yeah, and I can implement those tools. Those cost nothing. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's like starting your own, it's starting your healing journey before seeking out a professional. Um, So like really seeing, okay, what, what do I need to feel, you know, like I'm on solid ground or I'm on an, in a safe space um, before I seek out another person to invite into that space. Mm -hmm. Humans are humans. I mean, (laughs) therapists are humans. Um, Your doctors are humans. So it's really important to, have have some navigation if possible, if accessible. And I'm saying this as a blanket statement. We could probably talk about all the little fine prints yeah. that kind of separate, you know, the, the categories of this. But using your own internal navigation mm-hmm. to discern if a particular therapist or a particular modality oh, yeah. works for you. Absolutely. We talked about that on my podcast. It's it's so mm-hmm. extremely important. Um, because then you can go in and you can go in with trust and you can feel very comfortable. And, um, I found that trust and trust is like Mm -hmm. such a small word with such a gut wrenching punch sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, trust is one of those things that in my opinion, from my perspective as a hypnotherapist allows us to access all parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we can start to really flirt with her, uh, pick, like, what is this? Like an ice pick thing, right? Like hitting away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like hitting away at the ice, um, little piece by little piece, then, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually something's going through. Yeah. Chipping away. Yeah. That's the one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I well, and I still I keep coming back to this feeling of like that that trust in yourself, that listening to your intuition, listening to your own inner wisdom, and feeling like you have a starting place with that. Like you you can know what it feels like or know what it um, sounds like to you or know you know just I don't it's I don't know for me it's a very visceral feeling so I'm like shaking my shoulder. But just, just knowing like where it's at for you, where it resides to then know when you're having a conversation with someone about a potential, you know, healing modality to know, like, to lean in, like, to feel like, oh, yes, like, this is what I need. Like, I imagine that is your subconscious playing out because that's your intuition that you're listening to. Is that, that kind of what I'm picking up? Yes. And something that you mentioned that I'm not sure that you picked up on or, or, maybe you're not sure of, um, you mentioned that you kind of like 
yeah. kind of, for those that are listening, she was kind of like bopping her shoulders or whatever, talking about how she she experiences kind of her intuition viscerally, which is one of the major parts of hypnosis and hypnotherapy in particular, because someone like myself is trained to um, notice what particular sense, like sense of the body uh, you respond to. It's kind of your language in. So if you're mm -hmm. a kinesthetic learner, maybe those guided meditations on YouTube aren't going to work for you mm -hmm. because everything's very visually centered, right? So maybe you can't visualize. Maybe you have a hard time. And you're like, oh, I can't meditate. You know, <laughs> you're one of those people in my clients are like, I can't meditate. I was like, okay, you want to, <laughs> you want to bet? Um, it's because you may be more kinesthetic in nature. Um, so types of meditations or types of um, mindfulness practices may be going on a walk and thinking, right? Getting your body moving, yoga, um, kickboxing, you know, things that are more active in nature or have maybe even luxurious in nature, right? Like maybe you need to like, your body needs to be told like, chill out, go get a massage, chill out, go take a bath. Maybe that's where your meditative space is or your mindful space. Maybe that's where the place you go to when you want to really, really align, get in touch with your body, activate the parasympathetic nervous system. The same thing goes with the other senses. So if you're visually, if you're a visual learner, practice art, right? Like um, watch some like, they have like these beautiful like montages of yeah. things and allow your mind to kind of decompress that way. Um, if you're auditory, listen to really positive, intentional music. I know people that cannot calm down, cannot chill out unless they have headphones on and they're listening to something mm. that makes them feel, um, that okay. activates that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It brings yeah. them down. So, know that mindfulness is also a sensory experience. So, yeah. you know, if something doesn't work, if you feel really pulled visually or, or auditorily, or even there's this different segment, which is auditory digital, which is its own thing. But if you feel pulled to one of those three senses, I would encourage you, even in your, just your downtime or just flirt with the idea that maybe like I didn't access you know, a content mindful space or the alpha brain waves or whatever by this, but maybe I'll try this because the, yeah. the, the journey is individual. Mm, it so is. Yeah. It so is. Um, and I want to kind of bounce off that for a second and share this little nugget um, that I heard as when we experience a trigger, like um, when the trigger is like the most visceral. So when it really is bothersome, um, thinking about what five senses that taps into. Um, so if it's an auditory, if it's a physical, if it's whatever that piece is, and then knowing that on the flip side of that, the kind of like, uh, that's where you're that's where it's going to be the strongest for you to key into that for mindfulness. So if it's auditory, like listening to that track, if it's physical, like taking the the hot shower with like the, you know, whatever, like the sensory components. So figuring out like whatever that trigger is, that's the most bothersome or the most upsetting, um, knowing that that's tied to the flip side of a potential healing point. Yeah. Yeah. Our bodies have, the ability to 
process all this information that we're receiving every day and kind of swing our <laughs> swing our navigation but our bodies also have the intelligence to release decompress mm -hmm. we have all of the tools within us um, and those around us i'm not saying we are again we're not mm -hmm. islands but maybe you have something and a piece of wisdom that i don't know something that i can implement in my daily life and that's also again why connecting with others and talking and sharing can be so yeah. beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Well, and something you said about, you know, we're not islands and like making this accessible, not just within like ourselves, but also like within a community piece. Um, one of the questions, so um, I feel like we kind of been have been dancing around, but I want to say it explicitly. So, you know, anyone who listening uh, can also hear that, um, that is, is this ability to access this part of ourselves accessible to every single person? Or do you have to do something specific? Is there a, a particular dance or a, <laughs> a course or whatever? You know, what, what do you, what does it take? Hell no. <laughs> it's accessible all the time mm. for everyone. And mm. I, I would argue to say, I'm not arguing. All of us have trauma in some way, shape, or form. All of us have something that has um, hit us to the core, has stunted a part of our process, has taken a piece away from us, and um, all of it is accessible. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a really visceral experience. It can just be going out and going to yoga class and just, you know, sitting in Shavasana and crying. Mm. I'm going to be honest with you. I, all the best yoga classes, you're going to, you're going to sit and tear up a little bit or something like your, mm. your body and your mind are working together or whatever um, to process and release. Um, maybe it's just going out to a community event. Uh, maybe it's joining an online forum for people that like art. Maybe it is, you know, it doesn't have to be this, like, I did ayahuasca and I came out the other side. And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable yeah. or you don't think it's accessible in that space, you don't have to dive that deep. Mm -hmm. But as you are growing and you're kind of looking in the mirror of, of what you may need, sometimes those fear-based places are the places mm -hmm. that you kind of physically even need to go to in yeah. order to access deeper parts deeper parts of who you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and part of what I heard you almost say is like uh, the curiosity um, behind it, like approaching it. And I, I, in my work with trauma survivors, I feel like curiosity can be, curiosity and vulnerability can be like uh, four letter four letter words. <laughs> like they are not things that we approach with kindness and, and, and excitement and happiness a lot of the times. Um, and so I think just even finding like the 2% of curiosity or the 2% of vulnerability, the 2% of like, okay, this is the wiggle room that I can move in today, right? And this is the little bit that I can see, you know, what this feels like for me or, you know, whatever to kind of prove to yourself like an experiment, like what you talked about of, oh, hey, like, it's okay, <laughs> right? Like, actually, that was kind of fun. Oh, wow, I haven't felt that before. And I actually, I think that that felt really good, like to my nervous system, to my myself or whatever. 
um, to then go for 5% or whatever the case is until it does feel, you know, like you're in a good space and feel like it's um, something that feels good for you individually. Because like you said, it's such an individual process uh, of an individual journey for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to share something and I'm sure she'd be totally fine with it. I was at a session with a client yesterday, no details, obviously, um, but I created a little chart for her. She was like, I really want to like tap into my life purpose. And intuitively, <laughs> I was like, your life purpose is ever changing, right? Mm -hmm. like your life purpose is what fuels your passion and what fuels your happiness, right? So oftentimes we get, um, we get jumbled by buzzwords and we get jumbled by uh, concepts and we get jumbled by, you know, the short and sweet little Instagram posts that Mm -hmm. someone else posted and we think that we have to define ourselves by that in its entirety and we're trying to find a solution between thing a and thing b and i was like what what is your what makes you feel passionate and what makes you feel like you would feel happy doing that mm -hmm. well there's a little bit of unsure you know there's there's always going to be a little bit of unsure energy behind what feels exciting and passionate who feels mm -hmm. passionate is going to a coffee shop alone today and mm -hmm. gaining a little bit of independence and gaining a little bit of solitude and um, not having to work around everyone else's schedule. Maybe your medicine is that today, right? Yeah. It's always going to feel a little bit scary, but at least you know you're mm -hmm. safe in that place rather than, again, going to the deep end of healing and mm -hmm. doing something that needs a practitioner, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, and that that piece of listening to ourselves um, first to to navigate to find that inner wisdom um, before you know diving into like okay like this is what I'm I'm doing before I even start the journey I'm going to um, to go I don't know you said the deep end and that's what keeps coming back to my brain of um, you know diving off the the diving board into the deep end of this healing process like it's it's taking those baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps are huge. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, okay, so I'm going to tell you, I'm a yoga instructor, and I don't know how many times I've been like, mm, I don't want to go to the studio because I don't know anyone. You know how insane that is? You know how crazy mm -hmm. that is? That is my environment. I trained in that environment. I've been to different, I've, I've worked in different studios. I, I work in a studio now. Like, it's so yeah. silly, but my thing has always been, okay, my medicine is mm -hmm. I need to go out and I need to, be seen without other people. I need to like have solitude by myself and that's my medicine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's the question I want to make sure we hit on. Um, what are you able to find in the subconscious mind that is different from the conscious mind? Oh, shoot. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's in the subconscious mind that I have a lot of interest in is uh, belief systems and fears. Belief systems, we've kind of, it's okay. It's okay. I can hear him. Poor little guy. He just wants to come hang out. <laughs> and you know, actually, that's really funny that you say that because that is what's in the subconscious mind. Also, mm. past versions of ourselves that are, are crying and kicking and screaming and want their own shit 
And, you know, I didn't get this when I was, I didn't get my cell phone when I was 11 years old. I got it when I was 14 years old and, and I deserved that. You know, those kinds of things that, yeah. um, that all of that is there. So it's, it's mm. funny how like, oh, some adults act like children or some, mm. you know, uh, uh, things of that nature is because we actually have yeah. those memories and those thoughts within us yeah. that are really, like I said, they're running the show. Mm. So these belief systems can look like I am unlovable. Uh, mm. I am not worthy of attention or, or uh, love or, mm. or um, security or a child like there's so many different things that we don't think that we deserve we don't deserve to be heard mm. we don't deserve to be um you know we have all of our anger and defense mechanisms and all of those things in those places um and then also it's a big circle but it's it's all of the fears that we have so mm. if we have all of these on the con in the conscious mind where we're like okay i really want to get this new job and the new job has um is a particular amount more than you make currently a lot of times mm. we'll self-sabotage mm. or we don't think that we're worth that money or we I'm don't feeling think, the worthiness yeah all of all of those um imposter syndrome all of those things exist there and i think it's beautiful that uh there's so much mental health awareness. There's so much more mindfulness work and practitioners um, in these spaces to make some of these things a little bit more in the light rather than mm. even like 20 years ago. Oh my God, 30 years right. ago. Hell mm. no. We would never be talking about this. Nope. Your, your parents or my parents or definitely our grandparents' generations. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Shove it down. Shove it down. <laughs> but that is the culture that is yeah. the culture of, of how they were raised. They don't yeah. have the idea that emotional intelligence is even a thing. A lot of them don't even think it's a relevant part of our everyday lives, mm -hmm. right? And so they project and they, you know, we could get into that all day long. But notice how we're just, as you and I as millennials are just starting to kind of like, okay, mm -hmm. like, I'd like to help, but how do I help, you know, mm -hmm. whereas like the generation underneath us are way more open about their mental yeah. health issues, they're way more accepting uh, of other people's mental health issues, they're, you mm -hmm. know, and it's just going to get, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we're like, a little bit of the grandparents of like the modern generation, where we're like, mm, I have anxiety and depression. It's like, <laughs> Anxiety and depression has existed since time oh, has yeah. existed. As soon as we put pressures on humans, as soon as we mm -hmm. created like societal structures with money and hierarchy and mm -hmm. um, certain classes, it, that mm -hmm. was it. That was mm -hmm. it. You know? Yeah. So yeah. all of the, um, even like generational trauma, those kinds of things, mm -hmm. um, what our core values are. Mm -hmm. So what, where we actually stand, and that could be influenced by mom or dad. So it's very interesting when you start to peel back the layers, um, mm -hmm. maybe consciously you're like, I'm a very, you know, I'm all about morals and ethics. And then, you know, mom or dad had these deceiving qualities about them mm -hmm. and they kind of program yeah. a little bit, not program. I don't want to say it like they're like, you know, whatever. Not right? puppeteering but, or anything, but. No, not intentionally, but, yeah. you know. Culture is culture, right? Like yeah. generation, generational connection is is very strong. Well, 
yeah, we learn from what we know, from what we see. And so patterns and behaviors come from somewhere, right? Whether um, it's a mom or a dad or a grandparent or whoever you were around to see whatever behaviors or things, good or bad, you know, we learn from what we know. We take that mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. We take that information in. Yeah. And uh, some of it's even genetic, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Some of it is yeah. absolutely genetic. So it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, when you start to do this work, you have the tools to start differentiating where the influences mm -hmm. are, right? Yeah. Without intellectualizing our process too much, because we want to be able to process and we want to be able to feel, yeah. um, we start to understand um, okay, does this come from mom's side? Does this come from dad's mm -hmm. side? Does this come um, from my teenage years where I had more trauma than other, mm -hmm. you know, segments of my life? Does this come yeah. from my need to rebel? Like, does this, you know, where yeah. does this come from? Maybe I can accept and forgive myself for that. Mm -hmm. And I can use my tools to now shape what is going to be my future with that knowledge? Yeah. You know, by my own actions or how I operate in the world. Or when mm -hmm. that trigger comes up in me, that anger, or that jealousy, or that thing, I continue mm -hmm. to just gently rework it through my tools mm -hmm. until eventually your body believes that it is no mm -hmm. longer that. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, not to, to stay on that, that the first word that popped in my head is to reprogram, like, you know, to literally reprogram. And that sounds a little um, cold <laughs> for, for what it really is, because it's not, um, it's not cold. It's not calculated in any capacity. It's, it's actually a lot of really hard freaking work, <laughs> like, you know, to every time something comes up or every time that trigger comes up to then to shift and to mold. Um, and opposite of the reprogramming word that popped up um, in my brain, I was seeing like almost like a, a clump of clay that's kind of like hardened over time, right? You kind of like re-wet and like just rework and like just slowly start to get it to mold in the in the direction that you're needing. But it still requires like the the water a little bit, you know, whatever, um, and the work. Um, and that's what you're doing is this, this thing has already set. It's been its own piece and now you're you're starting to rework it and to mold it in a different direction and it's hard i um i love that analogy i'm like writing notes down and i had to write down clay and i had to write down certain things <laughs> you listening because i was resonating so much mm -hmm. um you know this kind of work and i'm going to speak just on behalf of hypnosis and uh, specifically like altered states of consciousness type, like even like breath work, things like that, where you access, mm -hmm. you kind of shift into a different part of yourself. Um, these things strongly activate the prefront prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. yeah. These are the decision-making parts of your body. So you're mm -hmm. actually reprogramming your ability to, to, to process. Yeah. yeah. So it is, it is, and it is something that I, have seen personally among different practices and belief systems and cultures and things like that that are synonymous with healing is accessing these mm. parts of your mind that are able to change are willing to change right like 
invoking the theta brain state, right? The brain waves of the mm -hmm. mind that are right before when you go to bed and you are the most susceptible to suggestion right there. If you know mm -hmm. that piece of information, you can listen to positive music before bed. You can um, just even to like reprogram the mind before bed, right? Um, you can do intentional work or journaling before bed. You can do some yeah. breath work before bed and know that your body is the most susceptible mm -hmm. right before you hit your pillow or right when you hit your pillow right before you go to bed. Yeah. Um, and knowing that the brain can work hand in hand with the work that we do and because truly it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our brains are such powerful things. Such, such, yeah, it makes me think of, you know, what we talked about earlier, just like the, the untapped potential that is there. Um, you know, it's, it's so, so much, so big. Um, and we're just barely learning. We're barely, again, scratching the surface and understanding of like, what, what does this all mean? And what can we do differently? And how can we, how can we tap into that potential? Um, and I really love that, you know, that it is within us and that, you know, as you shared, like that we can, we can tap into that at any time because it is within a part of ourselves um, instead of like, oh, okay, I have to, I have to go and get this degree or I have to go and see this person. Like, obviously that there, there's a time and a place for those things. And um, the healing journey starts within us and, and where we are and tapping into who we are and what we need. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Yeah. There's nothing. I'm one for certifications. I'm one for trainings. I'm one for getting involved. I'm a forever, forever Absolutely. student. And mm -hmm. an educational background does not does not isolate intelligence. Does not mm -hmm. mean that someone has more access than the next person and it doesn't quantify someone's yeah um purpose yeah get your education if that's what you feel pulled to or towards mm -hmm. or whatever but humans were doing it a long time before that oh yeah absolutely the idea of being able to sit with ourselves as the teacher and to be able to Again, that curiosity, leaning into to what we need and to learn, learn from ourselves and from our own wisdom rather than just like this external um, compass that's always guiding us. And I, I think about what you said about the Instagram posts and, and all of those pieces of we have so much external stuff coming in constantly, but to really tune in to ourselves um, and have us, you know, our, our heart, mind, soul, body, you know, whatever, everything be the teacher is, is such valuable wisdom, such, such gold, gold nuggets. I see it's just, you know, yeah. it's all in there. And um, I'm just going to add one little thing about yeah. what I was talking about with curiosity. Curiosity is the body's way of reprogramming mm. belief systems that don't work for us. Yes. So curiosity is a good thing. It is a sign mm -hmm. that you're able to move forward. Yes. You have little interests. You have little, mm -hmm. um, you want to study something new or whatever. Your body's asking for new patterns. 
Yeah, little sparks. And, yeah, exactly. And the reason why we don't feel comfortable with those types of things is maybe it's, again, mm -hmm. all of our influence, family, friends, or otherwise culture, whatever, may have not been used to that yeah. particular type of information. Mm -hmm. So it feels foreign and it, our body is responding like it's, it's a threat. Yeah. Because it does. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's so valuable. I'm so glad you said that. So Keely, this conversation has been so wonderful. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like we could go and talk about this, this type of topic and these um, types of pieces for a long time. Um, but before we shift gears and take a break, I want to just check in with you and see if there's any other pieces that you want to share related to today's episode, to today's topic, um, and what we have been diving into so far. Just encouragement. I'm just so excited for whoever is listening to this episode or your podcast in general. That is such a positive shift in your life and positive resources allows you to grow. And so keep it up, baby. Keep it up. That's it. Mm, I love that. Mm. Okay. With those wonderful words, we are going to take a quick break so I can share a few resources and then we'll come back for the end of our show. I wanted to take a quick pause to share with you a few resources. So if you are looking for ways to find more grounding and more mindfulness into your daily life and with real actionable steps, I've developed a workbook that will walk you through developing this skill. It comes from a trauma-informed lens. So if you've tried mindfulness before and you felt like it was more triggering than useful, you could have been actively dealing with a trauma response. So this workbook is designed for trauma survivors. And more than that, it gives you actionable steps and it's packed with information. So whether your schedule looks like a stay-at-home caregiver, whether you're someone who works a nine-to-five or something else entirely, there's something in this workbook for you. So you can head over to soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. You can subscribe for our newsletter where you'll get reminders once a month about new content and an email with that free workbook. Again, that link is soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast, and you can find that link in the show notes. If you are enjoying this episode, and I truly hope that you are, if you think that it might be useful for someone else, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform or on podchaser.com, because that is the best way to get the word out about this podcast. And lastly, if you'd like to work with me and you live in either Arizona or Florida, I now have openings for EMDR intensive sessions. These are sessions that are longer than your standard 50-minute therapy session and can really help you reach a place of grounding and healing from past trauma quicker than the standard talk therapy session once per week. So if you'd like to find out more about this, I invite you to set up a free 15-minute consultation where we can chat about if this type of work is right for you. Uh, it is also a great accompaniment for if you are already working with a therapist and you're having a hard time breaking through some kind of block or trauma response or trauma trigger, you can go to soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash contact, which will be in the show notes. All right, let's get back to today's episode. 
All right, we are back with Keely Meta for the last bit of our show. And this uh, part of the show is uh, talking about how providers are not robots. And I feel like we've touched on this many times throughout today's episode. Um, but in this small section of the show, we just talk about examples of our humanness. And um, this was kind of born out of this idea that I think a lot of the times when people first come to see a provider of any kind, it's it can be a little daunting, a little intimidating because we're seeing them kind of in this this box. Um, and, you know, to kind of break out of that box and break out of that mold and to show that we are, in fact, humans. Um, yeah, to share a little bit of our, our humanness, that we don't live in a bubble and we are, in fact, real live people. <laughs> yeah. For me, it always goes back to in my own practice and in my own experiences, we all have families. Mm -hmm. We all have um, projections and, and things like that, of that nature, um, expectations and judgments and things like that. And one of the most powerful things and most difficult things that I have gone through and people similar to me have been through is the, the opportunity to... I wouldn't say it's an opportunity, the work to understand your loved ones and um, how do I put this? And um, not hold expectation for them to change. Mm. We all have it and it can be really difficult when you start to sincerely grow, not grow conceptually, but sincerely grow and change your habits and change uh, what makes you tick. And naturally, those that have always been closest to you, especially if there's like codependent connections, are going to have some sort of identity in you um, that reflects them. So when you start to shift or you start to change um, for the betterment of you, even if it's with no expectation that anyone else is going to shift or change with you, um, their identity is, is um, no longer what they had thought it was. Yeah. So this is a natural part of anyone's um, situation as they grow and progress. Mm. And most of the time, now some of us are very lucky and some of us have are, are really gifted with amazing family members that are empathetic. <laughs> but sometimes... There's just no capacity at that moment in time for family members to understand um, or to get why you're doing what you're doing or get why you practice what you practice or believe how you believe or live how you live. And for me, in my humanness, this is always my medicine. And um, I think that's probably why my clients are similar to me because they can just like extending your arm out in a community circle, they know that there is possibly a piece of information that I can provide for them or a little bit of perspective mm -hmm. as I've gone through this journey and I've gone through this journey continuously. Yeah. And that is my humanness. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Almost, um, 
kind of like showing up a little bit as a, a mirror for our our people that we work with and and not just for their own reflection that they're perceiving right but that um you know we we see parts of ourselves in there too um and to really well, i come back to this feeling of like to just just viscerally understand like you know, hey, like it's it's okay. You're not alone. Um, and to be able to share either nuggets of wisdom or just just pieces um, as as a provider, as a human, um, to to kind of come alongside them in that journey, so that they they aren't alone. We're not you and I, people like us or providers or what have you. We're not robots, <laughs> definitely mm. not. And um, mm. And if you find someone that you feel like connects to you on a real empathetic level, um, what's going to happen is their their experience, their life experience, and their tools are going to be mm. hopefully given to you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like I said, we all have families and we all have influences in some way, shape or form. And so, yeah. um, so it's okay to share that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. If you had one tip that you wish everyone on earth would know about whether it's self-regulation, it's, it's some kind of trauma piece, um, the world of healing as you work through it, what do you wish that everyone would know? There's something that our bodies can do in terms of regulation. Um, <clears throat> and you can see it in like tremor release therapy, things of that nature, where if we are feeling overwhelmed or anxious and we're feeling like um, trauma is impacting us, we have the ability to actually start to shake up some of that trauma mm -hmm. within the body. Mm -hmm. So you can see this um, in videos with animals who have mm -hmm. been through really, and you can Google it, you can literally, I think there's like several videos online, but I know one particular that has a lot of views on YouTube that it's like, it's something about like a gazelle um, getting caught by a lion in the mm -hmm. savannah or wherever, literally got caught by a lion and played dead. Mm -hmm. And this lion had its grips, I believe, on its on its neck. And for all intents and purposes, if you would have started the video there, you would have thought that the gazelle was had mm -hmm. passed away. And um, I think the lion got scared or, or bored or whatever, and then just ran off, didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And you can see the gazelle. Um, mm. after a little bit of time, start to get back on its feet. And you could see it actually tremoring mm. and shaking um, to release that kind of, uh, mm. that stuff. Like adrenaline, the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that adrenaline, that stuff in the body. Mm. And um, we have the ability to, to do something similar. That's why sometimes dancing and shaking mm. and letting loose and getting angry and punching the air mm. is something that feels so good because trauma mm -hmm. actually kind of, the intelligence of our body trauma sits within the body yeah so sometimes anxiety sits in the heart anxiety sits uh in between the ribs and the solar mm -hmm. plexus so 
you get mad, you get angry, punch, like punch the air, go crazy, shake it out. Um, if you feel like you're, you know, you're stuck or you're stagnant, shake your hips, move around, get like, allow your body to process yeah. some of that stuff. I'm not saying you're not going to have to talk about the stuff and also continue sure. to integrate, but we actually do have a regulatory system that allows us to get back at least into mm -hmm. um, out of that adrenaline space. If we just like mm -hmm. continue to shake, continue, that's why sometimes tapping helps like yeah, mm -hmm. tea, things like that, because it actually activates mm -hmm. kind of us regulating ourselves. Yeah. So I don't know if that's number one. I don't know if that's whatever, but I know that that's something that's super accessible for mm -hmm. most of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think even just starting with when you hit those moments of like something is trying to be released, however that looks like, whether it's our hands shaking or, you know, whatever, um, that we allow it to be released to listen again to the intuitiveness of our, of our bodies and of our, you know, our, our brains and, and to, to just kind of allow ourselves to do something maybe a little bit out of our comfort zone to see what it feels like to, to dance, to punch, to, you know, whatever in that, in that safe manner. That's right. That's right. <laughs> whatever that looks like, yeah. you know, to be able to see like, Oh, Hey, like I did that. And I actually felt a little better or I felt like I could breathe a little easier or my hands don't feel like that anymore. Whatever the case is, is to just feel the shift and to know that it's okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So the final fast and sometimes funny questions that I like to ask at the end of our show is a good way to wrap up. Um, again, just to hone in on our humanness and to have some fun. So the first question I have for you is if you could go anywhere on earth, where would you go? I would want to go to the center of the earth. Oh, what the hell is in there? Nobody actually knows. That'd be mm. insane to me. That would be insane. I just want to know what's in there. Tell me what yeah. the, what the, like they've got these hypotheses, but no one's really been in there. So like, sure. tell me what's inside or the bottom of the ocean. Tell me what kind mm. of alien, like freaky deaky creatures there are. Okay. Yeah. My dream. Yeah. I, I can see a lot of cool um, artwork, cool pictures coming out of that, those realms. Cause you're right. Yeah. They're so untapped into you. That's, yeah. Mm. Uh, should pineapple be on pizza? Yes. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Honestly, I think it's so rude when people say it isn't because it is like the best. I'm sorry. It's so, no, it's so delicious. It, I'm a, so I'm okay. a, I'm a pineapple person. This but is where I, all your viewers are going to leave. <laughs> like how rude of those two. Like no, peace out. Like, oh, it's that's so, so delicious. It's so sweet. I, my husband tried it one time and he was like, it's like an abomination. And I was like, you're dramatic and you're disrespectful. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I, I put this question in there and it's so funny because this has been like a conversation piece on each episode of it's just such a strong opinion, like a polarizing thing. I think it's delicious. I, I think I share this in another episode, but um, I especially love it when the pineapple is cold, but the pizza is hot. So like, I don't know. That's so that to me. Oh my gosh. I think it's the best with barbecue sauce. Barbecue I'm sauce. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
So this is probably why we're yes. drawn to each other on a spiritual yes. level because of that. We just now. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's I like don't even want to have anything else in my pizza. That's it. It's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, what makes you feel inspired uh, or motivated to do this work that you love? You know what? I love when I see my clients and they give me all of a sudden it clicks for them. They're like, mm. oh, yeah. And so my intuition was guiding me to do some journaling. And so I did it. That, mm. oh, my God. That is so cool. I don't even want to say rewarding. It is so cool yeah. to watch. The, oh my God, I'm getting teary eyed. But it's so cool mm -hmm. to be able to watch someone's yeah. inner navigation system. Like they start to trust it and then that's it. It is the yeah. coolest feeling in the world and the reason why I freaking exist on this planet. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I resonate with that 100%. I. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, there is nothing quite like watching someone embrace or have that light bulb moment of, of oh, like, oh, this is what I can do, or this is how it, you know, oh, it's, it's the best. Yeah. yeah it really is. Uh, what is one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? I'm not an extrovert. You're like the third person to say that. I Really? Yes. And I think I'm finding I would love to do a poll of helping professionals because I think that most of us would be like um, uh, not construed, but, uh, you know, from the outside looking in that most people would say, oh, yeah, you're like an extrovert, right? Like you spend all your time with people. But most I think helping professionals are really introverts. So I'm sorry I, I cut you off. Please go ahead. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're talking to me. Um, no, I, I have always had a really, not always, I really worked on it very hard. This is one of the things that my subconscious mind, like I had to whatever, but, um, I have always been able to, for the most part, my adult life have been able to hold conversation and be like bubbly and, you know, like. <laughs> like laughing and really enjoy people or whatever. And I do, I truly do. I actually gain a lot of energy from just existing outside and doing things outside. However, my home is the most sacred space that I have. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. So I love to create art. I love to like my idea of my like favorite night is working with my plants and painting on the wall and um, creating little like trinkets and things like like I just freaking love to create like continue to create my home as like safe and expressive and I just I'm watching like videos on gardening all the time like I I have a million books on a million different things and so I'm just I'm just a, a home person yeah you know? I love it Yep. I love it. Um, what does a simple moment of pure joy look like, even though I think you kind of just described it, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question anyway. Um, a simple moment of pure joy for me is waking. This sounds maybe masochistic, but I love waking up early in the morning if I can. Um, and it's like when the light is like peeking in through the blinds 
And it's just this like really, there's like this just calm, this like quietness of the sunrise. And when I wake up and there's, it doesn't happen often, often, but um, if there's no noise happening or anything, mm. and it just feels like, like everything's got this like buzzing mm. and it's, it's just, and the same thing happens late, late at night, late, late at night. I, I get artistic two or three in the morning. Again, I'm crazy. Two or three in the morning, there's just, just this quietness where nothing mm. is expected. There's nothing happening. Mm. And I can just like do mm. my artistic. Yeah. And it's just this buzz of yeah. quiet. And I think getting back into homeostasis as humans, it's mm. us getting back into those places so we can actually listen to yeah. what has to happen. You know? Yeah. Into that intuition. Mm -hmm. mm. Makes me think of the quiet before the storm. Yeah. 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 <sighs> what a beautiful conversation. Thank, Thank you, Keely. Thank you. You are, I've said this before, but you are doing such um, beautiful work, especially with the theme of your podcast and with your passion and um, just knowing you personally, I'm very lucky because, um, like I've said, like the community that you have around you uh, should amplify you and should complement you. And um, having met you and knowing you, it's just like, it just affirms for me that uh, my personal journey is like, the universe is celebrating it, you know? Yes. Mm, yes. Uh, well, thank you so much, Keely, for coming on today and talking with me. And I can't wait to have more conversations with you on here because it was just, it was a good one. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much, Candace. You're so welcome. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today on Moving Out of Trauma. If you like today's episode or you think it might be useful for someone else, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform or on podchaser.com. And if you have any questions at all, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at soulmission underscore EMDR therapy and over on Facebook at soulmission EMDR therapy. Stay tuned for the calm state change place as well as the container exercise if you would like them. Remember, you didn't choose trauma and you can choose your path towards healing. So I just want to invite you to find a comfortable position and to make sure that you're doing this exercise somewhere uh, safe, somewhere where you feel um, that you can take a few moments for yourself um, and definitely not while you're driving. So we're going to start with the container activity and then move into the calm seat place. So it's good to have a secure place where you can store memories and issues and, and things that may need still some work. Um, but also maybe you don't need to focus on them right at this point. So if you think about it almost like cleaning up the files on your desktop computer. So you can just feel a little bit less overwhelmed and focus a little bit more efficiently. The files are in a safe place. You can access them the next time that you need to. 
So to start creating this container, I'd like you to imagine some kind of container or storage system that can securely hold as much as you need it to for as long as you need it to until you're ready to work on it again. So this container can be something you imagine. It could be something that's real. We just wanna make sure that this container has a lid or some type of secure closure. So that way there's a way to take things out only when you want to. Now it's important to note, we don't wanna put people in containers, but we can put memories and feelings and any kind of situations. So take a moment and really think about what that container might look like. Notice how the container feels. Notice how it feels that it's there for you. Should you choose to use it or when you choose to use it. And now if you need to use that container, I want you to picture allowing whatever needs to go in there to take its place in there. This can happen slowly. This can happen quickly. However it needs to happen, it's okay. Just allow the pieces, the memories, the thoughts, the feelings, the situation, whatever it is, to just slowly take its place into that container. Now, once you feel like the things that need to be in the container are in there, I want you to close that container. Some people like to imagine that there's a lock there or some kind of secured closure beyond just a, a lid. So if you like, you can go ahead and lock that. And then just imagine it kind of taking its place back into wherever it needs to be. So this could be a place that you think of in your home. This could be an imaginary place, wherever it is. Just some place that we know that it's there when we need it. And now we're going to transition to that calm state change place. So this is a really good activity to develop couple of ways to feel more calm and secure without really needing to rely on something or someone external than us. So one way we can do this to create this type of place that you can visit internally whenever you want, kind of like having an instant mini vacation on demand. So see if you can think of a place where you might feel a sense of calm or a sense of well-being. You can imagine a place that's similar to one that you've experienced or heard about or read about. It's best not to use a specific memory with people though from your own history. So some people like to think of the beach or the woods, mountains, maybe some place they feel cozy. So just notice this place. Notice what you hear. Notice what you smell. Look around. What do you 
see? What do you feel? Maybe either the temperature, the time of day, even down to how you feel in your body as you imagine yourself in this place. Really just allowing yourself to soak up every single positive part of this place. The way it looks, the things that you hear, the things that you smell, the things that you might be able to touch, any textures or temperatures, and really encapsulating what you feel in your body as you're in this place, as long as it feels good and calm and a place of centeredness. Now knowing that this place is always available to you because it is within you. It's a place of your very own making. A place that you can return anytime you need. Whether it's for quick deep breaths, returning to center, or maybe even winding down for the evening. This place is always here for you. this recording is going to finish but if you'd like to stay in this place a while longer you're certainly more than welcome to do so and I hope that you'll join me next time on moving out of trauma